Good evening everyone, my name is Hannah, I'm co-chair of the Young Greens and welcome to the Sunday edition of the Young Greens Conference Podcasts. We really hope you've enjoyed these podcasts throughout the weekend. Um, we're kind of quite sad that it's the last one, um, but we hopefully do a great job of wrapping up what's been going on over the weekend. Um, what we thought we'd do for today's issue really is talk about some of the policy motions that have been passed and some of the organisational motions as well that have been passed throughout the weekend so that you can get a real update on what some of the new Green Party policies were. Um, joining me today, uh, I once again have, it's almost like she's one of my best friends, Emma Carter, the finance coordinator of the party. And we're going to be talking through some of the policies. Uh, Emma is a young green. Um, she also was on our 30 under 30 training scheme a few years ago. So I think that's a real testament to the work that the young greens do. But I did first want to give you an update on how stuff has gone for the young greens over the weekend. So as is tradition with conference, the young greens will always have a large number of events going on throughout conference. On Thursday night, we had our People Not Numbers launch. We've already had a bit of information about that campaign. It was a really fantastic event and really thank you to the speakers, particularly those migrant voices we had sharing their stories. And then the international culture exchange we had afterwards was really fascinating. And you'll be hearing a lot more about our People Not Numbers campaign throughout the coming weeks and months, I'm sure. And definitely check out our Facebook for some of the migrant stories we publish and um, from people who've lived abroad or come from abroad to live in the UK, because it's really fascinating stuff. On Friday, we had uh, a couple of liberation group meetups. We also had our regional meals. Uh, they were really great. Uh, I had a chance to pop to the end of one myself. I was unfortunately in a, in a meeting and a conference workshop uh, just before then, but I'm, I hear the London event was particularly well attended. Um, I popped to the end of North, as that was the region that I used to be co-convener of before I was co-chair, and that was really great stuff. Um, on Saturday, uh, other than the uh, other than some of the workshops, we had a 30 under 30 meetup, past and present. It was really great to see some of the previous 30 under 30 years there, talking to some of our new ones. Um, and I know certainly last year's 30 under 30 and this year's have really blended together because of the event we had a few weeks ago. They've really got to know each other very well, so that's fantastic. Uh, on Saturday night, of course, we had our quiz, and I'm really pleased to tell you that the quiz and the raffle that we held on Saturday night raised a, about a thousand pounds, which is going to be do a great deal for funding Young Greens campaign. So I'm really, really pleased about that. Today there was the closing session of Global Young Greens. Um, some of you may remember yesterday that I mentioned that uh, Joseph Harmer and Alice Hubbard were going as candidates for the steering committee for Global Young Greens. And I'm really pleased to tell you that both Joseph and Alice were elected. Uh, they are the only two representatives that the Global Young Greens have from Europe. So it's uh, great to have them in England and Wales. And just to thank again them and the rest of the prep team and the steering committee who've been working so hard on making the Global Young Greens event happen. It was really fantastic to see so many people from throughout the world and so many people with similar issues. We were talking to the Canadian Young Greens shortly after we spoke to Elizabeth May, actually, and we just realised how similar some of the issues we have really are. And it was just really great to get that solidarity and, you know, to feel like we we're really not alone on that. But that said... Let's go on to what we said we were going to talk about today. So we we're going to talk about some of the policies that passed, some which we think will be of interest to our members. Um, so as I said, joining me, I have Emma Carter, who's finance coordinator. Um, we're going to start off with a couple of D motions, if that's okay, Emma. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, motion D6. Um, this one was passed on Saturday. Um, and the title of this motion was allow non-binary members to become co-chairs of GPRC. Now, this motion actually came to last conference, um, and I believe it was referred back 
Um, but this time it was bought by GPRC and I was uh, part of my work as co-chair is to develop relationships in the party and I was really pleased when I went to a GPRC meeting recently and they were discussing bringing this motion forward. Um, so they brought this motion forward. Um, so Emma, I wonder if you could tell me perhaps a little bit more about your understanding and perhaps um, a bit of detail about how you felt in the room when that motion passed. Yep, thanks Hannah. So the first thing I'd say is it's really great to see GPRC bring this motion forward. I think it really shows that um, the inclusivity and the diversity that we celebrate in our party is really being embraced by our governance bodies, so that's brilliant to see. Um, what the motion effectively does is changes the um, co-chair elections for GPRC to, instead of saying one man and one woman, it should be two people of different genders. And what that really shows is that we have a, a vast amount of people who identify with a multitude of gender identities and that no one should be precluded from running for any position in any of our governance bodies. So that really solves that problem and it was lovely to see the reaction in the room. It was voted through almost unanimously and it was really brilliant to, to see that kind of reaction in conference. Yeah. Great, thanks Emma. Yeah, so going back to another demotion actually, and on a similar topic, was a motion that was passed today. Um, it was when I was chairing plenary actually, and I was uh, trying to get through as many motions as possible, which I think we achieved. Um, and it was really great to get to hear this motion, which was DOH selecting more diverse candidates. So this was about um, how we select uh, our candidates uh, for election. Uh, in the past, there's been an awareness of gender, um, but this sort of adds an extra dimension to that, really. Um, some uh, things about race and disability and socioeconomic status. So we can truly be representative of England and Wales um, as uh, as the diverse nation that we are. So I think that's going to be a real game changer. Um, I know even though that a lot of our leadership, for example, are, are people who are not men or are people of colour um, in terms of our spokespeople, it was really quite sad to see um, in 2015 some of our target seats being sort of not very diverse at all. So I really hope that that will um, increase that. I don't know, Emma, if you've got anything to add on that. Yeah, so um, I spoke to the uh, main proposer of the motion, Samir, a little bit about it over the weekend. And some of the conversations we had was really around... Whilst it may seem like quite an administrative task, monitoring the diversity of all of our candidates, we actually discussed some really important ideas of how we can make sure that happens and how we've already done some work so far. So people standing in internal elections filled in diversity monitoring. And it's just really making sure that we are the most representative we can be um, and how we actually encourage more diverse candidates to come forward because I think it's great to say we're monitoring them and if we recognise we have an issue, that's brilliant. But what we really discussed was how we can encourage people and really bring people forward and into the conversation to stand rather than just monitoring the outcome. Yeah, excellent. Um, now, just briefly before we sort of close off today, I did want to talk about 2C motions. And so as I explained on the podcast a couple of days ago, um, we've had a new policy process this time. Um, and there are two types of policy motions. There are E-motions and then there are C-motions. Now, we very swiftly on Friday or Saturday, I think it might have been Saturday, may have been Friday, I can't remember at this point, got through um, some, uh, all of our C motions, there were five of them, and these are motions that have been accredited by policy committee. Um, and two of these motions that we got through are ones that have been coming up to conference a fair few times, um, and they've not quite got them right. Um, and I'm really pleased that they've got them right this time. Um, one of those was intersex rights, um, which, you know, as a party that really does have a good standing on LGBTIQA plus rights, it was um, kind of sad that we hadn't quite achieved that yet. And I really do hope that that does a, a number um, to represent uh, people in those areas. And I really hope that 
uh, that's going to be a, a big change for us. The other thing um, that Emma might find a lot more interesting, and I certainly do um, as someone who works in education, is uh, CO4, which was the home education policy. Um, so again, it's one that's been coming back in conference for a few times. I've I've gone to quite a few conferences now, and I've seen it a couple of times on the agenda. So Emma, what what did you think about that motion? Um, how was the mood in the room when it passed? I'd really love to hear your thoughts. I think that was almost one of the highlights of the motions for the weekend for me, certainly in section C and E, to see home education pass. I know one of the main proposers um, had actually come to one of my local party meetings three years ago to introduce this motion, to talk to us about supporting it, and we thought it was brilliant then, and I think it's brilliant now so much work has gone into that motion so much time energy and emotion and to see the reactions on the people's faces and the proposers in that room when it passed the relief and the joy that I've felt before when I've had motions proposed passed was just absolutely fantastic huge credit to the education policy working group for working with policy development committee for doing all this amazing work and actually bringing a really good quality really leading home education policy into the party is long overdue and it was just fantastic to see. Yeah, absolutely. And the type of education that I work in is kind of a different type of education. I think what I've always loved about the Green Party's policies is that we recognise that there are so many different types of education and so many different types that work for young people. So I'm pleased that we've got this uh, all squared up now. Um, I was just like flicking through my agenda, actually, as you were talking, Emma, and I realised there are some emotions that would be of note to talk about. Now, we did rush through a lot of emotions today. Um, again, swift chairing. Uh, but one of them was uh, that we passed um, sort of slightly towards the end was EO6, which was updating sexual orientation and related policies. I know Emma, actually, you wanted to talk about citizens' income as well and the living wage. Um, so uh, the updating sexual orientation and related policies, essentially, I think it was uh, partially getting the acronym right, um, which was what was agreed by LGBTIQA plus uh, Greens at last conference. That was what they were going to change their name to. But there was also um, sort of updating it a bit. Um, there was a procedural motion in that motion, uh, that procedural motion fell because it turned out it was already a policy, um, so it's a bit frustrating, um, but this is one of these motions actually where you look at the proposals and you see that there's so many fantastic young greens um, proposing that, so I was really pleased to see that. Um, so we'll move on then uh, to citizen income. So citizen income is a popular policy for the Green Party. It essentially says that, you know, everyone will get paid a small amount of money. There's a real discussion in the plenary about uh, removing the minimum wage and um, what that would mean. Um, Emma, what are your thoughts on the minimum wage and the living wage? Yeah, I think what was really interesting actually about this policy motion was that um, for the first time, citizens income is really coming into the forefront um, of discussions, particularly around trade unions. And I think what they've done is they've recognised that citizens income can actually be a really beneficial policy and doesn't necessarily undermine workers rights there was an amendment to this policy which wanted to amend our policies for sustainable societies so our long-term um, policy documents and what it was really saying was of course we want a, a citizen's income but what we actually need to do is maintain a living wage and a minimum wage um in the meantime and there was some really interesting discussion um some of our young greens stood up and spoke which i thought was really brilliant, really brilliant and what I think was most interesting about the policy is that, of course, we'd love to live in a world where citizens' income pays our entire existence. Um, but in the meantime, and actually even when citizens' income is introduced, people will still work. And it wasn't 100% clear whether or not we would still have a living wage um, at that point. So what that did was really firm up our commitment to, to maintaining that. 
And as someone who's worked zero hours contracts and on minimum wage myself, I know exactly how important it is. And you already feel like your work is significantly undervalued. So to just have conference overwhelmingly commit to supporting people who are earning some of the lowest incomes in the country was really positive to see, particularly when a lot of those people are young people. Yeah, fantastic, Emma. I really agree. Um, so, yeah, it's one of my favourite parts of conference really is all the policy stuff. Um, I think it's one of the best things about being part of the Green Party that, you know, you can you can find a policy, propose it and uh, make it Green Party policy. And I know Emma's had experience um, a few years ago. Emma proposed uh, a motion that would write off any debt that had been paid retrospectively for student loans. Um, and then uh, Emma spoke to me before about hearing Natalie Bennett talk about it on uh, Question Time. Uh, so it's just really fantastic. Um, so we just thought we would give you a bit of an overview of the things that are passed. Um, make sure you do check them out um, and do talk about them because it's done some really fascinating stuff. So um, just to close off the podcast today, um, I just thought that uh, it would be nice to... Um, Again, congratulate uh, Joseph and Alice, but also um, a member of the Young Greens Executive Committee left us this weekend. It was the last weekend, um, and that was Amber Ganani. So I did want to thank her for her hard work. Uh, the next edition of the Young Greens podcast will probably be out um, about mid-April, um, so a couple of weeks. Um, it's going to be themed around elections. Um, we've got some fantastic stuff coming up with that. So make sure you stay tuned. Thanks, everyone. I hope you have a safe journey home.